granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Shut your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Kleiber. That's the line. That's what it is. Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. Who cares? Um, (laughs) uh, Hey, guys, thanks again for listening. Um, Appreciate everything. If you guys want to share a podcast, rate, review, do that. That's wonderful. Go back into some of the other podcasts if this is your first time listening. I've done some amazing podcasts with people like uh, Bobcat Goldthwaite, Paul Rodriguez, Todd Glass, um, my friend Dana Moon, Jess Jess Michelle Singleton, um, some really, really funny comedians. There's a two-parter with Harlan Williams. So go check into that. But uh, this week, uh, it's another comedian that I met and hung out with at the Limestone Comedy Festival. It's one of the best comedy festivals in the country in Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, that's Hoosierville. And uh, that comedian is Gina Yashere. Uh, I've heard of her. I saw her on Last Comic Standing. And uh, she's from England. And I was super excited that she was uh, at the Limestone Festival. And I got to check out her show Thursday night. And uh, she's just even better live. But uh, Gina is a very interesting person, uh, had an amazing upbringing. She, um, her family immigrated from Nigeria to England, and uh, she's also uh, black and a lesbian. And so her story is very unique. Um, some very unique points of view, very unique worldviews. It's pretty fascinating. But um, yeah, she's been a stand-up and TV star in you know in England for years. Um, she's like I said, she was on Last Comic Standing. She was in Live at the Apollo, um, and she did this this show called the Lenny Henry Show. Uh, a lot of characters on that show in England. But she really broke into the American you know comedy scene with that Last Comic Standing, and. Um, she was named one of the top 10 rising talents in the Hollywood Reporter. And uh, she's, this is crazy, I didn't know this, the only British comedian to have ever appeared on Def Comedy Jam. That's pretty amazing. But uh, she's been on The Tonight Show and The Nightly Show and Comedy Central. And she has a one hour stand up special on Showtime called Skinny Bitch. But uh, you can see her all over the world. She was telling me about touring in Singapore and Malaysia and Hong Kong, and that's just insane. Um, but anyway, uh, I want you to check out this podcast with Gina Yashere. Uh, but first I just want to give a shout out to my sponsors. Uh, you guys know goodsandevil.com. I mentioned it every episode, goodsandevil.com, goods and evil apparel. They have amazing movie and horror t-shirts, uh, awesome graphic design shirts, uh, graphically designed t-shirts, all original, also a line of vegan shirts. So my friend Dan at Goods and Evil, he likes movies and graphic design and he's a vegan. So that's what you get when you go to Goods and Evil. Some of the best horror shirts I've ever seen. And I know like, you you know, um, sometimes on my other podcast, uh, Handle the Truth, You Can't Handle the Truth, movie review podcast with Sean Collier. 
Um, you know, we we share a lot of like movie T-shirts and stuff like that, or you know, you see some of that stuff online. But you know, Goods and Evils, some of the best shirts I've ever ever owned. I mean, I have an amazing Big Lebowski shirt, my Evil Dead shirt, my Camp Crystal Lake shirt. Some of the, my favorite shirts of all time all come uh, from Goods and Evil. So go to GoodsandEvil.com, check out their shirts. If you're into if you're into being a vegan, they got that too covered. Uh, you can see them at uh, horror conventions, sci-fi conventions, vegan conventions. But go to GoodsandEvil.com, save 10% by using the coupon code GrownUp goodsandevil.com check them out and also um sponsored by if you guys if any of you listening are a comedian or an entertainer or a musician or a magician uh i'd imagine some comedians listen to this podcast check out ignite hospitality barters hotel rooms for you very cheap uh i have a run where i'm performing in chicago um at the end of july and i Ignite Hospitality got me two nights at a Hilton downtown in downtown Chicago for $40 a night. That's pretty amazing. Um, I actually, I when I worked in Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana, they got me a hotel right down in, you know, Indiana University's college town for $22 a night. Pretty amazing. But uh, I'll be in Chicago uh, July 27th and 28th at the Comedians You Should Know show on the 27th and the Laugh Factory of the 28th. And Ignite Hospitality hooked me up with an amazingly cheap room. Go to Ignite Hospitality. Um, you can just look up Ignite Hospitality on Facebook. Uh, you can go to IgniteHospitalityServices.com, but uh, you'll find them. Talk to Adam. Tell him Aaron sent you. AK. You can get a four or five star hotel for under fifty dollars a night, which is pretty amazing. So go to Ignite Hospitality and also GoodsAndEvil.com. Coupon code GrownUp. But. Without further ado, uh, let's uh, move on to Gina. And uh, you guys know all my dates. I mean, if you go on my calendar, you can check that out before we move on to Gina. But I'll be in Tampa uh, July 14th through the 17th. Uh, I'm headlining the 15th at 10.30 p.m. Friday night at the Tampa Improv. Like I said, I'll be in Chicago the 27th and 28th. And then the 29th and 30th, I'll be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, headlining at Jokers. Then I'm headlining at the Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas, August 3rd through the 6th. And then, uh, and then I'm in Houston with Mr. John Witherspoon, August 11th through the 14th. Um, so, hey, if any of those cities uh, ring your fancy, or if you're from there, or if you have friends from there, or you used to live there, or if that's your hometown, holler at your boy, help your brother out. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to an amazing episode and a great talk I have with Gina Yashere. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. That's the name of my podcast, uh, because I'm a dad, and I like talking about business, and uh <laughs> No, I, I, I'm really happy to have an amazing guest today. I say that about everybody. But I am really excited because uh, I knew your name and I looked up your comedy. Because people in America still don't like, I mean, even though you've been here a while, it's, you know, it's ridiculous that people don't know you. Yeah. I got to catch your show Thursday night. Super funny. Thank you. Uh, we are at the Limestone Comedy Festival. I'm here with my guest, Gina Yashere. Perfect pronunciation. I know. Oh, pronounced beautifully. Thank Gina you. Gina Yashare. Thank you. I heard you say Yashare. Yeah. And uh, I was just telling you, like, it's important to me to say people's names correctly. 
Yep. It's a respectful thing. It's very, you know, it's very dis- Get it wrong once, yes. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really give you that, but twice, yeah. But you, you do a whole weekend with somebody and yeah. Saturday night they're still saying they're it wrong? They're still saying it wrong. Yeah. I, I Just I, ask me before I go on stage if you're that forgetful or write it down phonetically. It's not that hard. Yeah, I know. People can say Arnold Schwarzenegger quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> He's done a couple more movies than you, though. Uh, yeah, but whatever. whatever. <laughs> I, uh, but no, I, I, I love, you know, uh, you have such a unique perspective in comedy, you know, and that, that's, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like that's disrespectful, but it is. It's like, I'm like, yeah, someone has a different kind of voice, right. you know what I mean? Literally and figuratively. Yes. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, you are originally from England. Yes. Do you say UK? Uh, I say London, England, UK, either or, but yeah, born and raised in London. A couple of people have like been like offended by that. Oh, really? They're like... Yeah, I they're mean, like I'm from a UK. Yeah, like they get mad. Like what? I don't know. I thought, why no, does your country have nine names? Well, I don't exactly. <laughs> I mean, I get confused. Like when I'm trying to fill out forms online, is it under England? Is it under UK? Is it under Great Britain? Right. I have to scroll through the entire list of countries to find my country. I get country, it. We have ridiculous. United States. We have United States of America. We have America. We have America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never seen that on an online form though. That's a good one. What, America? <laughs> yeah, America. yeah. I might wear my shirt tonight that says America. America. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you have uh, you have some great jokes that make me feel bad for being from America, <laughs> uh, which is a good thing. I think it's a, it's, like it's a good thing. It is. It's not me, uh, you know, because like, it's not me slagging off America, talking down to, uh, about America. It's just my observations yeah, yeah. as an outsider. And some of it is, yeah, it could be seen as a critique, but I come at it from like a point. I don't like, are you Americans? So you? I don't do yeah. that because I don't want to do that because I love living here and I enjoy America. But you say that too. You, yeah. you preface that with... Yes, you know. but I do it from like a, a, a point of naivety almost. Again, wow, right. you Americans really are. And then if you do it that way, yeah. I get away with it more. <laughs> yeah, but I, I appreciate it. I guess people that don't take it that way will get uh, like offended. But I like it where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like you get to hold us accountable and like call us out. And I, we need that. <laughs> Everybody needs that personally, but sometimes you need it on a national level. It's like for somebody else to call <laughs> you out. Uh, no, I appreciate that. Um, so you're you're from the UK, you're yes. from England, Great Britain. Yes. And when when did you move to America? I moved out here in 2007. So what happened? I mean, I've had a dream to live in America since I was a child. Yeah. Like I always thought you guys had better clothes than us, better toys. All the TV shows that we had, all the kids had bicycles and really nice yeah. lawns. So as a child, it's since childhood it's been my dream to live in America. Like I I even as I, I worked as an engineer before I did comedy. I was right. in, I worked for Otis, building and repairing elevators. And I chose Otis because it was an American company. Yeah. And I was planning to transfer to the American office oh, at yeah. some point. So that might be my dream. So um, to cut a long story short, 2007, uh, I got sort of scouted for the last comic stand-in. It was the right. first year that they were going to be using comedians from outside of America. I happened to be on tour in Australia at the time. They saw me there and they were like, we'd love you to audition so I did and basically got through to the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to do that, to bring me over to LA to perform, they had to get me a work visa. Right. And it was a two-year work visa. And I was like, so two-year work visa, does that mean I can live and work in America for two years? And they were like, yeah. So I went back, so- yeah. sold my house, <laughs> gave away and th- threw away, gave away, sold everything I owned through a massive party saying goodbye to all my friends and family again. I'm going to America at last. Goodbye. My friends are like, what are you talking about? It's only a two-year visa. I'm like, don't worry. I'll make this shit work. Yeah, right. And yeah, I basically turned up for the finals 
with just two suitcases to my name. That's spectacular. And I've been here ever since. That's great. <laughs> now, how do you, how does that work? You still do you have to extend a visa, or do you become a citizen? Yeah, for the first couple of years, I extended my visa, so I had a two year visa. Then when that started to run out, I got another one, a three year visa, and then after that, uh, in that three years, I've been on the Tonight Show, been on Def Comedy Jam, done various TV shows. So I thought right, I think yeah. I've got enough chops here to be able to get a green card. So I applied for the green card, which yeah. is like basically I'm a, a resident alien. Right, right. And I got that. So I can basically stay here indefinitely as long as I don't commit any crimes. Right. <laughs> and then maybe sooner or later we'll get your health insurance. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, luckily, I have a girlfriend who has health insurance. So I'm on her. Yes. My God. If it wasn't <laughs> for that, I have a whole routine about the first time I came to America and I got sick. Yeah. And I ended up in hospital and I got a $15,000 bill for one night in hospital is that where you move in the middle of the night because that's uh, what i would do well i called him up i literally called him up i was like i cannot afford this and i i don't know if you can hear my accent but i'm not from here and i will get on a plane and i will disappear back to england <laughs> and you will never hear from me again so and i just heard her tapping away on the computer Tiffany tapping and then she was like okay if you pay four thousand today we'll we'll we'll, we'll scrap that and i was like from fifteen thousand dollars to four thousand in a 10 minute phone call and I'm like, this your uh, health I, uh, system is a scam. Yeah, now that I think about it, I'm like, I can do a pretty good English accent. I might try that out on my, my wife's try baby that. bills. <laughs> it's worth a try. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you've been you've been hitting it hard. And like that, like I said, like I it's crazy that I still think you know, people don't know you, they should. And uh, but you've been doing all right. You know, I'm I'm hustling is the word yeah, that I picked up once right. I've been here. Hu yeah, uh, damn right. Yeah, I mean, when I first got to my, I, I was in, I went to LA first, which was yeah. a mistake. I will say that out <laughs> I loud. know, I've heard you talk about it, that. Um, because I thought, oh, I, I get to do comedy in America yeah. and I can do it in the sunshine. I'm a right. sun worshiper. I love the sun. I do not like the cold at all. So I was like, this is the perfect life doing comedy in the sun. I get to LA and realize nobody gets paid for comedy in LA. Nope. And it, the comedy scene there is very cliquey. You yeah. know, it's not it's necessarily on merit. It's on how famous you are or how big your agent is or how many asses you, you kiss. And yeah. uh, I had none of those things going right, right. in my favor. So I struggled to get lots of work uh, in Los Angeles. And then I found out in America that the whole comedy scene is totally different to what I was used to in England. Sure. Like uh, in England, the clubs, it's about the clubs. Right. You go to a club based on that club's reputation. It yeah. doesn't matter what comedians are on. Right. It's like, oh, that club's a good club, and I know whoever's on, I'm going to have a good night. So it's night. not about selling, like, the movie star on no, the poster. No, it's just about going to that club based on its reputation, and all right. the comedians get that's the like, same money. That's like a dance club. Yeah, we all get the same money. All you know of what us I mean? get the same like money. Like the dance club, you're like, I'm going to this one because this one's the shit. This and that's what great. comedy's supposed to be. Yeah. When you get to a point where you're a draw, yeah. then you transcend the comedy clubs and then you start doing theatres. So that's right. what I did in England. I worked my way out for the comedy clubs. I worked. I mean, I was a the average working comedian in England could make seventy to a hundred thousand dollars a year just without even ever having a TV credit. Right. Just work in the clubs, work in the clubs. Oh, that makes my heart hurt. <laughs> I know. And, and that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what it was like in England when I was doing yeah. comedy. So I worked at clubs for several years. I used to just do different clubs all over the country every weekend. Yeah. And then when I started getting TV in England and getting more famous, then I transcended that and I went to theatres. Yeah. So now I go back and do theatre tours. Yeah, you and sell out theatres. Yes, I do. Yeah. It's so amazing. when I came to America, I thought, oh, great, I'll just work the clubs. I'll start again from the yeah, bottom. Right work the clubs and make my living that way. And then right. found out I couldn't get booked at the clubs. Isn't yet. that crazy? Because they're like, no, you, nobody knows who you are. And I'm like, that's the point of me doing clubs. Yeah. 
And they were like, no, you need yeah. to be a draw. And so, yeah, for the first six years in America, I made no money. I was constantly going back to England to get money. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, welcome to my life. I know. It's been a struggle. Yeah, it's crazy. It's See, been a good struggle. Yeah, but like it's, uh, and for me, like that frustrates me for you. You know what I mean? You're you're a great comic. Thank you, you are. You Thank are. You. you know. You you've done some things. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have the merit badges, but like, and it's like, you know, when you see comedians like that, you're like, why don't you know her? Like, why? And then the whole system, those gears, like, stop that. And it's, I, I mean, I see. We're frustrated how like like you know we're we came up in this american comedy system right i can't imagine coming from selling out theaters to england in england to not being able to play milwaukee yep like they're like nah and you're like what yeah, yeah. it like, was that's... literally like that i was like i said look just paper the room and one you paper the first room and then where the math will get around and you'll Absolutely. make your money and they're like no. they, they just there's a risk they're all very risk averse at the moment i don't know what's yeah. going on with the comedy yeah. scene they're not willing to take a risk on somebody right who they might not know, but who's still good. And there are, and there are, you know, like we're sitting in the green room right now of the Comedy Attic, and it's considered one of the best clubs in the country, and it is. And it's one of those clubs that give shots to people that nobody knows, but exactly. they're really good comics, and that's why this club has a good reputation. Right. There's a handful of clubs, you could probably count on two hands, that do that in America, where it's like, well, this guy has one random cable credit. I don't care, because one weekend you're going to have a thousand people see them over six shows and be like, you know what? This, this comic's pretty good. Right. And that's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to be. That's yeah. how it should be. But it's I, not. I always, I, I, I've, I've said to clubs before, I said, I would say, hi, Jared. That's okay. He runs this place. He's, <laughs> he was on an episode like, oh, 20 episodes ago. Uh, but like, uh, you'll, uh, I, I've told clubs that I'm like, hey, look, like, you know, we're talking about how that works. I'm like, let me be your paper boy. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you give me a shot, paper your room, you're going to pay me minimum as a headliner, but they're going to have a good time. Yeah. They're going to have a good five, six shows. Yeah. And they're going to be happy. Exactly. And you're going to make a shit ton of money on drinks and alcohol, like exactly. drinks and food. They don't, they don't care. They don't want that. You know what I mean? I just find it unbelievable. And like, how are you supposed to get on unless you're a YouTube star or you're something, you know, and that's, oh. you know, and I feel like I comedy is has gone the way of music in that it's all based on looks and youth and not actual comedy chops. Now, like comedy was, was the, to me the last bastion of the misfit. It yeah, was for right, weirdos and people. It was like, the last punk. Yeah. Like, yeah. And now it's just gone. Uh, now you turn on Comedy Central, which, which does not deserve the name Comedy Central. I'll put that out there right now. Does not deserve the name because it's not Comedy Central. It's young people. Yeah, uh, young, good-looking people who've not who've nothing to say. Central. Yeah, <laughs> I know. yeah, uh, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I hate to complain. You know, it, no matter what, it's you're still what would do anything on that network. You know, but it's like uh, you know when you see like a twenty-year-old on there, and you're like, what? Wait, where did you start? Yeah, exactly. And they they got picked up from doing seven minutes in New York. Because and you're they, like, uh, they have a look. Yeah. They Absolutely. Uh, you know, well, I don't have a look. I'm a 34-year-old white dad, and there are a lot of us here <laughs> doing well, stand-up. I'm a 40-something-year-old <laughs> black woman lesbian from England. That's they, pretty. They, we're, we're into that now. It, I don't know if you know that. It sounds interesting, <laughs> but people don't know what to do with me. They're yeah. like, you're, you're from somewhere else. You sound right. different. We know you're funny, but we They're we, like, we, we just we're you. just starting to accept the one part of you. Yeah, exactly. Wait, and you're this? Well, yeah. That's too much for us. Exactly. It's... <laughs> 
It's, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> We're just getting used to black people. Yeah, that's how we are. We're like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. Oh, shit, I know. Yeah. So you, how long have you been doing stand-up? I've been doing stand-up over 20 years. Wow. Yep. See what I'm saying? Yep, started in 95. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when you, like, how old were you when you started in stand-up? I don't so want to, you know. Yeah, well, I'm 44 now. Yeah. I'm 43 going on 44. And uh, so I started in my 20s, early 20s. Yeah. So were you like, uh, what kind of family do you come from? I want to get into that. All right. So like, my... what makes you funny? Like, what? Like, you know, I love that process. <laughs> well, my family is uh, my family's from Nigeria. So yeah. I was born and raised in England, but my mum and dad were both born and raised in Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, my mother was a teacher. She was yeah. the youngest teacher to qualify in Nigeria. She qualified as a teacher at the age of seventeen. Wow. And uh, yeah, she was a bit of a genius, and she came from a very wealthy and well-connected family in yeah. Nigeria too. And my dad. Oh, that uh, reminds me of that, the joke about your name is spectacular. And I don't want to ruin your joke. True story. I know that's what you said. That I laughed so hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> named after a queen. That's so great. It's a true story. It's that true. whole thing about that guy coming up to me at work and saying that was hundred percent true. Which is like, it, it's it's a great joke because it's a great it's a great story because it's. It's like it's like a like a cringy mm -hmm. type of story, and you making it that funny. It's that's a good story. And then with your mom, <laughs> great. I'm, I'm gonna make people gonna see you live. So yeah, they're gonna have to come and see it and yeah. hear the joke or buy yeah. my special. It's on there. <laughs> yeah, where where can they get your special? GinaYashere.com. I've actually got three specials, but uh, I, you got a, you did a bunch of albums. You have oh, a couple yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're DVDs. You can download them from, straight from my website. So I yeah. I put my mo own money in, make my own specials, and then sell them afterwards. That works. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll put all that info out. People can find you, all that stuff. Excellent. Um, so you started young. Yeah, and... so I was born and raised in London. My parents came from Nigeria, had us. They were very academic. Yeah. My mum and dad split up when I was very young, so my dad went back to Nigeria. So my mum was basically in England with nobody. She didn't know anybody with me and uh, basically five kids in total. Yeah. And so uh, you, how many siblings did you yeah, have? Yeah, I've got two brothers, two sisters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where so, are you in that age spectrum? I'm second. So I've got a sister who's uh, eight years older than me, then me, and then me and my two brothers and my younger sister. Bang, bang, bang. My mom yeah. knocked us out in quick succession. So you're just in this middle of yeah. all these kids. Yeah. See, I yeah. love that. That's yeah. There's always something, you know, it's either when I talk to comedians about like their childhood, it's either about like they're, they're, they've been through some shit, yeah. you know, and I'm sure everybody goes through shit, especially if your mom is like a single mom, Yeah. but then it's, but then if it's not that, it's like, I was surrounded by siblings and it was crazy. Oh yeah. You know? It was crazy. My oldest sister got the worst of it because my mom was a very harsh, harsh disciplinarian and very, very overprotective. Like we weren't allowed to go anywhere, do anything, go on school trips. Always not, in your studies. No sleepovers, right? no friends, none of that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, none of that. We, my mom was very academic. She picked out all our jobs from childhood. So I was meant to be the doctor yeah. and okay. I got, and I did up to the age of 18, I was studying to become a doctor. That was my thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor because I've been told. Wow. And it got to a level biology where we had to cut open a rat. And I was like, Oh, I do not like the sight of blood or entrails or anything vaguely biological. I'm screwed. And I switched to engineering. That's how I ended up as an engineer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And my mom, my, basically my mom was like, okay, engineer. And she picked up, engineer for my brother so i became the engineer so she turned to my brother you are going to be the doctor change you gotta be the doctor <laughs> that's so it's it's funny that i don't know is that a culture thing or is it just i mean yeah. it's just uh her being educated and nigerian that's like a it's like a culture thing bit of both um it was a very much nigerian culture is very based on academics being the best right. at what you can so that's one thing and also she was in england she's had having her kids uh, she they, she came to England to make sure that her kids 
got a better start in life and a better education. Right. That's what all the immigrants go right, to absolutely. America and England for, is to try and make them a better life for themselves. So that so she drummed it into us. You're not from yeah. here. I'm not from here. We're going to make the most of the opportunities that you're, you're given. Yeah. yeah, there used. I mean, it used to be kind of like that in America, and and it it seems like since I since I was a kid, you know, I'm 34. It's always like you know, follow your dreams, follow mm. your heart, and especially now. I mean, I'm already talking like an old man yeah. about the millennials, the kids who are 20s, yeah. 26, 27 years old, still living with their parents. And I'm like, you should have given them a job to do. Yeah. Like you should have drove them to do something. Yeah. I couldn't wait to leave home. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. But so, so were you? Were you the funny one out of, or was everybody funny? Well, my mum always said I was crazy from when I was in the womb. There was, <laughs> there was a point where she had a load of doctors surrounding her, and they couldn't find me because I'd gone because I came after twins. I had an older sister yeah. uh, before me, and she had a twin brother who died at birth. So you had right? extra room so to there swim was a around lot of room in? in there. <laughs> yeah. So I went wandering, and the doctors <laughs> could not find me. So she was like, I knew from then that you were going to be crazy. Yeah. And I came out and I was a very hyper kid running yeah. around a nutter. I was in that case. <laughs> and there was a lot of kids. So we played, we made noise, we did all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And at school, um, I was born in the 70s in England. And the 70s in England was not a good place for, for people who were darker skinned. Really? Uh, yeah. A lot of racism, skinheads, all of that stuff. So, and we lived See, in I don't, I, I, We're very limited on knowing that. Oh, yeah. That and was, I know, yeah. I know from my European friends, I was just on a Norwegian cruise, got to hang out with a lot of you know, people from Europe, and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of racism in Europe. Oh, yeah. America, you just guys talk about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, you talk about your racism way more than anybody else does around the world. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. But and it was fascinating. That's what that joke is that I do about the British racism yeah. being much more insidious but underhand. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. It's there. It's always bubbling under the surface, but they're like in your face like, huh. But in the 70s in England, it wasn't like that. We had skinheads. We used to get... I used to live on this estate in East London, wow. Bethnal Green, and I remember distinct memory of being spat on by a skinhead when I was six years old. Wow. And, yeah. and for, like, that's the 70s. Yeah, that's the 70s. Well, at least we got a 10, 15, 20 years on you guys. <laughs> our, <laughs> our fire hoses and dogs were like 20 years before that. <laughs> Holy hell. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I had to use comedy to, yeah. you know, to get through those situations and, and, and make sense of stuff. And Absolutely. then also there was the whole, uh, when in the seventies in England, you had black people like my, my family who are from Africa, but who right. came from Africa. And then you had the black people who were descendants of slaves. So they were from the right. Caribbean. And, and, and so there was a divide between black people and Afri African. Oh, I've people heard that before and Caribbean. too. So Carib I got a lot more shit at school from Caribbean kids than white kids. Well, I know here, like a lot of my black friends, they'll say that like Africans hate black americans yeah yeah like they're like you're not from africa yeah like they get mad not, yeah they you know they, <laughs> like there's that whole thing so africans were like oh you know they've been corrupted by slavery they've lost yeah. their culture they don't even know their real yeah. names and, and they're and you know my they're in america they you know when we watch yeah. tv you see all the all the news is skewed towards african-americans committing crime and, and so that's the it, that's the image that we get from around the world it's right. not just you guys that get it so you got that and then the caribbean kids at school like yeah well we were rescued from because the image of Africans was primitives running around. You know, right. you watch the Tarzan movies, the old sure. you got black people running around naked with bones through their noses, killing white people and eating monkeys, whatever. Right. So <laughs> that was that was the image of African yeah, yeah. people. So and that was fed to everybody. So sure. Caribbean kids were like, yeah, well, we were rescued by the white man. Slavery, you know, that's what they used oh, to yeah. say. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Now we're not like you running around, you know. And that's that was a there was a whole thing. I mean, it's a lot better now. But, 
were a lot more educated. Right. But in the 70s, that's what I had to contend with as a kid, was fighting other black kids who were picking on me <laughs> because my family is African. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now it's a lot easier to educate people. And, you know, oh, yeah. the older I get and the more I study and things like that, and you're like, oh, whoa, there's like, like you know, kings and queens and huge yes. empires. Oh, yeah. It's not bones and sticks and rags. Oh, yeah. If I mention my mother's maiden name in Nigeria, I get the royal treatment. Yeah. Because she's from a very large and very reputable family in Nigeria. Right. So I mention her name and like, oh, my God, you're on a battle. Okay, come. And, and I get the treatment. Wow. And, you know, so it's not all what, what is shown on television. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the, 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 the corruption, the, the poverty. Right, you know, right, there right. is that. Sure, there is yeah. that. There's just as there are poor, poor people worse off in America. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So, like, where you, where you got all your siblings were like crazy and funny. Yeah. But how did you stand out? Like, how did that how did that come out? I mean, you're an engineer. I was very hyper child, and uh, because our home life was so rigid and so disciplined. Right. And uh, my mother remarried, so my stepdad was also very, you know. So I let loose. When I went to school, I went crazy. Yeah. Because at home, I couldn't do or say anything. Absolutely. So I'd go to school, and I gave those teachers hell. <laughs> I'd go to school, and it'd be like I'd been let out of solitary confinement. Yeah, you had to let it out. Yeah, so I was running around in school. I was, I was bad. At all my school reports, all through school, were like, Gina is very intelligent, because obviously, I kept the grades up yeah. to keep my mum happy. So the grades, I never missed homework. I never you know, bunk, bunked off of school, none of that. Yeah. But when I went to school, I was very That's, disruptive uh... in class, talking, <laughs> cracking jokes, because I used humor to, you know, yeah. I was always fighting and getting into trouble because people picked on me. So then eventually I learned to use humor yeah. To die, you know, to divert bullies, and that's how it, it started. Now, so I mean, geez, you got a lot of shit to deal with. Now, yeah. so now you're from Nigeria. Yeah. There are black kids yeah. that don't like you. Yeah. Did you reach a point in your sexuality where that was a factor too? Then that didn't come till later. Okay. Oh, that shit. Didn't, yeah, that didn't come till. I was like, you didn't get hit with all this. Yeah, I didn't get hit with all it. The sexuality came not till my early twenties. Yeah. Because up until that, I was like, oh yeah, boys. I wasn't because I tell you why I didn't discover my sexuality to fight lane life because we were so suppressed at home. It was right. like no boys, no. So my mom was like, "You're not having friends over. You're not having boyfriends. <laughs> you will not get pregnant. I will not have." So it, I never even had a look at the boys. I couldn't even look at boys or anything like that. Yeah. Because my mom was like, "Oh yeah, you got a great I, joke about that." Yeah. Too. Yeah. Use, no. So that's what happened. So I never even even started to really. Uh, explore my right. sexuality or anything until later right. after I'd already left home and then I was like okay I'm free now I can actually yeah. be who I am so right, yeah right. that didn't come till later I didn't know I didn't realize and is that is that trouble in England I mean was that I mean uh, not really because not really I I really sort of I kind of suppressed it for so long yeah you know I was I knew I was gay I had girlfriends and whatever but um, obviously my mother was not happy when I told oh, her right. she was not impressed <laughs> You know, the fact that I left engineering to become a comedian, that was bad enough. And right. then to tell her later on that I'm gay or whatever. But um, in comedy, I never really talked about it for the first... I've only just right. recently started talking about right, it because yeah. I was like, as a comedian, I've already got enough going against me being female and black yeah, and not looking like Halle Berry. <laughs> so uh, I've, got to, I've got to work that so I was like, I'm not adding anything else for them to keep me back. So, so, so I never talked about it. Years, you never talked about it. Never talked just about it. Just like you, you, so on stage, you didn't talk about dating or 
Never just did. Like, and that's my good friend Todd Glass. Like yeah. he was like that for a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah. And it blew my mind. Yeah, like, I was like, oh wow. And that, it's almost like it's almost like, it's to to not talk about that part of your life is. It was hard. A hard thing to do. It was hard. I mean, I did go out with guys. I, so uh, at the beginning of my, my career, I did. I talked a little bit about dating because I was dating guys at the time. So I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh. But then when I stopped dating guys, I was like, well, I can't do that anymore because that's lies. So yeah. I just, but it, in a way, it kind of helped my comedy yeah. because it made me think outside the box because all, you know, it was like all the comedians always talked about at that time, the dating girls, yeah, right. oh, yeah. having sex, masturbating, yeah. whatever. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to, Think of something else to talk about. Yeah, right. So my comedy kind of opened up. I talked about the travels. I talked about my family. Right. I talked about other stuff. So it was kind of good. It, it kind of separated me from all the other female comedians at the time who were talking about that stuff. Yeah, right. Which is basically normal stuff that people talk about. Right. But I couldn't. So it kind of opened me up a little bit more. Yeah, I no, I, I, I see that. I know it sounds crazy, but like I'm surrounded by a lot of comics that are talking about like i'm single uh masturbating yeah and you know and i'm like i'm talking about my bunch of kids and exactly. i know there's comedians that yeah. you know but it's it's almost like it's more unique than a lot of comics there's exactly. the single dude who talks about dating is hard exactly and tinder then, i've I, I can't remember oh, yeah. i've lost count of the number of jokes i've heard in the last six months about yeah. tinder and when i go to la a lot yeah and I'm on a show, and it's like, dating is hard, dating is hard, dating is hard. Yep. And then I'm like, uh, my kid's diapers? And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Exactly. Like, this is, and I'm like, wait, I'm unique here? Exactly. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's spectacular. Well, that's it. So that's what I had. I had that unique point yeah. of view. And um, yeah, so that's where I was coming from. And that's wow. what my comedy, it, it, I was like, right, I've got to think outside the box. So like, were you, were you just some funny engineer? Like, is that? Oh no, so what happened, I don't, when I started comedy, this, I, I'm a person, I'm an Aries. I do everything, I, when I go for it, I go for it. Yeah. I don't do anything by half. That's was just it, my, that's my personality. Get, was it a dare? Uh, what happened was, people uh, kept telling me I was funny. I didn't know yeah, about yeah. comedy. I never watched comedy as a kid, really. Yeah. I, I never watched the Richard Pro. I've, you probably weren't allowed. You never, weren't like, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I, we had TVs in our room, so we could right. watch what we wanted. Right. But we just weren't allowed to go out. So that mm -hmm. was one thing. We, we were one of the, uh, not richest families on the block, but we, were, we had a house and we had TVs in every room in the 70s. So yeah, that was, yeah. you know. But I never watched comedy. It, it was not a thing I knew about. Right. Uh, you know, um, the comedy scene in America has been going a lot longer and a lot more diverse, just more advanced than it was in England. Right. In England, comedians were white guys going, oh, telling black jokes and mother-in-law yeah. jokes. That's what comedy was. And Monty Python. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that was what comedy was to me as a kid. And I didn't relate to that at all. Right. I'm a young black kid in inner city London. Monty Python was a bunch of posh guys from Cambridge. I didn't right. get it. I didn't get it. Right. So when people, Americans go, oh, Monty Python, I'm like, I didn't get it. I didn't find it funny. Oh, right. I didn't understand it. Well, who, how, who did you connect with in comedy when you first started discovering That's the it? thing. I never really. Till watched. later. Yeah. And, and still don't, because I don't watch a lot of comedy. Right. I watch my, my peers. I love being at the back of the room and watching, but right. I don't, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of comedy. Right. I didn't watch it. I didn't study it. And I don't want it because I seen people who have been influenced yeah. by their heroes. And I was like, well, I don't want that either. I don't want to watch so much comedy that you, it starts to sift into my subconscious and I start to pick on somebody, to, you know, get someone else's mannerisms. Right. So I don't watch a lot of comedy. Yeah, I, I, I did it early on, but you're right. Like, I can't even, like, I don't want to watch comics, especially comics I really like. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to start sounding like Bill Burr. I exactly. can't watch Bill Burr. Like, exactly. I, I like him too much. Exactly. You know, you want to enjoy somebody, but it's, uh, you know.
Exactly. I know what you mean. And you see that, like when I'm starting out, people go, oh, he's watched a lot of Bill Hicks videos. Oh, he's, and I've never watched an entire Richard Pryor yeah. uh, special because when I tried to, I felt like I'd seen it all before because I'd seen so many comedians bastardize his stuff. Oh, right. But when I was watching Richard Pryor, I was like, I should be amazed right now, but I'm not because I feel like I've seen it already. Oh, right. Yeah. So that was the problem. So I never really watched a lot of comedy. Yeah. But how I got into comedy, I was working as an engineer, working for Otis. I was the first female engineer they'd have ever had in their 100-year history yeah. in England. So it was hard. I, uh, I was a girl in an industry full of men, and I was a black girl at that, and younger, and more qualified than half of the guys, which means that I was above them in pay grade, and they did not oh, like shit. that. So I, I suffered at work. I'd come into work, and they'd be pictures of monkeys hang above my coat or a banana skin hanging off my off my helmet things like that so are was you a, shitting me oh yeah L listen i was an engineer on a <sighs> building site on building sites you know building sites are where you get the roughest of rough dudes and that's what i was working with yeah. at the age of 19 you know yeah so, but I so did, an I, audience of drunks is nothing yeah, yeah nothing. whatever when people go oh <laughs> Comedy is a woman. Is it difficult? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I worked on building sites yeah. where there were no female toilets. And I used to pull my hard hat down and go in the men's. Wow. You know? So, no. Comedy is a walk in the park in yeah. comparison. But, yeah. So, it, you know, I start, stuck it out. I started off uh, as a telecommunications engineer. Then switched to Otis and worked building and repairing elevators. And then the, in the middle of sort of summer 1995, they were making people redundant. And at that point... Uh, they were scared to promote me, Otis, because they, they didn't know what to do with a woman. I, they put right. me on all their posters. I was on all their publicity yeah, as a woman. Right, right. Engineer, look at us. Look how progressive we are. a progressive company, yeah. But behind the scenes, I couldn't get the jobs that I was supposed to get. Right. Because they were like, she's a woman. We don't know what she falls down and lifts an elevator shaft and, and she can't have babies. We don't know what to do with her. Let's not put her yeah, on the... really. So a lot of that was happening. So in mid-1995, they were making people redundant. So I was like, you know what? I'm fed up with hitting my head against the glass ceiling. I'm going yeah. uh, to take the voluntary redundancy. They didn't yeah. want to give it to me because they wanted to keep me on as their poster yeah. girl. And I was like, you either give me my redundancy and let me go and pay me off. Or I will publicize the fact that you've been holding me back and just using me as a, your poster girl. So they're like, all right, off you go. So they gave me a nice settlement. I took redundancy. Is that what you, is that what you guys call uh, it? Here? Like a layoff. A layoff. Uh, and you get you, yeah, get, you get, uh, get like, like unemployment. A, yeah, I yeah. got like I think severance. I got, yeah, I got like a severance pay of like four months. Right, right. Of, of money, which yeah. back then was like yeah. Yeah, of course. So basically, I had the summer off and I was having fun, enjoying myself. And then it was in that interim that I thought, well, everybody's telling me I'm funny. Let me try this comedy thing that everybody's talking about. Yeah. And so I did a couple of open mics, did a couple of comp competitions, and it went really well. And I was like, oh, what? Let me do this. And then people started coming up to me at these competitions going, oh, I've got a show next week. I'll give you five bucks if you come and do my show. And I'm like, yeah, five bucks for five minutes. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so people just started offering me stuff. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll stick with this. And then when, I, when it dries up, I'll look for another job in engineering. I'll go back to work. But it just never happened. It just yeah. kept, I kept getting bits of work. And then I got on a talent show. Within six months of uh, starting comedy, I got on television on a talent show. And then I got a regular spot on an, another TV show all within the first year. Yeah. And so it just built from that. Yeah. And I just kept going and just kept hustling and getting my little bits of TV and just building my name. And it's just 20 years later, I'm still here. And here you are in Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana. Blowing up. Blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you talking with me. I, I, I Your story's fascinating. I, uh, 
it's really uh, it's really great to meet you. Like, Thank you. I, it was nice really awesome. You. Thank you for talking. Oh no, wow, it's uh, a lovely festivals because I get to meet all these comedians. I know, I love There's it. There's so many of us. Like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. No, I love it. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, thank you so much. And uh, I'll have all your your website is just yeah. GinaYashere.com. Nice I'll have easy. all that. You have yeah. albums on there. Albums. And you're in New York. I'm in New York now. People yeah. can see you in New York. Yep, I'm all over the place. I travel wherever there's comedy and somebody's willing to pay me, I'm there. So I'm in New York. I'm in Bloomington. Yeah. I'm in Chicago next week. And then I go to, I'm going to be in Vietnam and Cambodia and Malaysia in, at the end of the year doing Damn. stuff. I'll go wherever. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank Gina. you very much. All right.